Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Doing well, Shay. Happy to be here as always. Good to hear. Good. To, do you think people ever get bored of the same intro? You getting asked how you're doing every day. I'm glad you're doing well every time, but you, maybe you got to throw a curveball once or something. Be like, you know what? No, I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah, or I'll turn it around back on you. I'm I not ready for that yet. Consistency. Let's, let's take the, it easy. People respond well. If they know they can count on Henry doing well every week. <laughs> they can do well. That's just going to... Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. I like it. I like to hear that. We got a fun episode today. We're going to be covering the latest news in Apex Legends. Some kind of spicy news, honestly, as well. This mm-hmm. is some of the most, uh, I guess, debatable stuff I think we've had on the news in a while. And we're going to be answering a ton of questions. So it's going to be a fun one. Before we do that, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to ask questions for the podcast, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Also, drop a follow on Twitter, at Kirk Rudoche and the HB Burson. Links for the Discord and Twitters are in the description. Tweeting pretty good amount, I think. I think yeah. way better than when we first started announcing the Twitter and we had people follow us and we didn't tweet at all. Now you're actually getting some fun opinions on there. And I always enjoy getting a getting to see other people's reactions to the things that we uh, in our community that we follow. It's great. Totally, yeah. You drop a comment or a like on our Twitters, and we're definitely going to see it. Any third-party update, Apex mm-hmm. stuff, we talk about a lot, but also other subjects uh, if you want to get to know us a little bit better. If you want to support the show, we have a Patreon. Got a lot of cool updates over there, benefits, and this coming week we have a cool discussion episode that's being released, which I thought was a lot of fun to record. A um, little bit of a teaser from a little bit of that content is that the topic was which legend would you buff or nerf? And at least one of the uh, ideas we're going to be talking to the developers about because it's that good. So if you want to hear what that idea is and our thoughts on it, definitely hop over to Patreon. It's the cold bucks a month. You can get access to all those bonus episodes early access behind the scenes ad free a lot of cool stuff the cost of a cup of coffee and neither henry or i drink coffee so that one doesn't really work too well but with that let's dive into the news first piece of news isn't truly news but we're one week removed from the launch of season 14 at least one week removed from the podcast reaction to season 14 weekend thoughts reaction what are you kind of feeling with this season because i think it's a I don't know. It's just a King's Canyon always brings out the best and worst in people uh, when they start sharing their thoughts. So where are you kind of settling in right now? Um, I'm feeling like I really like Vantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing her a lot. I think that she's really powerful, fun to play. I've been playing her in ranked, uh, at least these early tiers and having fun. King's Canyon wise, I am happy, but really shocked at how different the map is. The rotations are completely different. The loot is completely different. Um, I can't really stress enough how important listening to our next episode will be in terms of our ranked guide, where we go over key drops, rotations, team comps, because a lot is 
getting flipped on its head this mm-hmm. season. Yeah, it's definitely been it's been a season. That's for sure, to say the least. And, and I'm all positive, generally speaking. Like I'm enjoying it. I think the way I the elephant in the room. People don't like Kings Canyon ranked. Everyone's complaining about it. Uh, you know, we see it from people on our Discord to the pro players. So you're kind of getting like I think every part of the spectrum expressing some frustration. And I think the truth for me is, and I'm just gonna get my reaction out of the way, is that I still think this is a fun split, a fun season. I think Kings Canyon is a fun map. Henry said it, like he said, it's way different. I have some frustrations around it, but I think that's just the style of the map. Like it's not my favorite ranked map. I prefer the other maps more, but that doesn't mean I have to dislike this one uh, is kind of how I've been explaining it. It's not like, hey, one, two, and three yeah. are good. Four sucks. It's like, no, nah, I like one. I like two. I like three. I like four. And they're in an order for different reasons. So I'm still enjoying myself. Um, had some frustrating deaths, though, with uh, just a ton of vantage play early on. Like we were talking behind the scenes that... It's one of those, yeah. she's one of those legends where it's like, oh, you don't really want her to be meta because the sniper laser coming in from everywhere. My goodness, there's been some frustrating moments early. We will see where she settles. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know. I would wager a bet that she's probably going to fall at the end of the season or early next season around the 4% mark, okay. like Loba category, which. It's pretty high. Like I don't think she's going to bottom out. Um, I think that the tactical is really fun. The ultimate is very powerful, and that she will stay pretty relevant at least for the next season. Yeah, that's optimistic. I like that. Not a lot of legends. I'm optimistic. Yeah, they not a lot of legends fall in that category. So uh, I, I probably would say pretty similar. I think I'd see her in the back half of that kind of middling tier. So more in like the like above Maggie, above Newcastle kind of competing with ash maybe in terms of like placement exactly um so yeah if she lands up towards the top of that that'd be great because i think she's totally super fun and we've been both been having a blast on her let's talk about kind of a piece of news but more of a continuation of the reactions um you know the ring speed and damage changes it's been like kind of the big topic that a lot of people have been focused on uh with kings like honestly we haven't really been Hearing the loot concerns a ton. Definitely still get them. Like it's a thing that people are frustrated with. But I think this ring stuff has kind of taken the top of the priority. And, you know, Res- uh, Josh Medina, you know, developer for Respawn, did kind of take to Twitter, interact with some people asking for feedback on this change. Didn't say like a change is coming or anything, just wanted to get people's thoughts. How have you been feeling with it? It's a massive change. Um, It is pretty nuts. I think that it definitely is inflating some negativity about Kings Canyon, um, in my opinion. Because if you want to land Skulltown and have a lot of fun and the ring does not pull your way, you are going to take damage if you are contested at Relic. And... That's probably been happening mm-hmm. this first week uh, without fail. So I think that it's tough. Um, and I don't know. As a player, I think now more than ever, you're having to rely on um, mobility legends, but also just getting used to playing in the ring, heat shields, yeah. healing more, 
Um, and in a map that people already struggle to loot on, that was my thing. That could be yeah. frustrating. You know, that can be frustrating when you are you're really hungry for loot. You're getting pressured by the zone. You're taking damage. You want to fight on the perimeter because that's where you want to be at relic, but you're kind of being pushed away from it. A lot of my kind of questions back to people that dislike being on Kings, despite time after time after time of improvements to the map, is their rotations are in a really safe space. Like right now, you're definitely having less third parties. You're having less like tight choke points around key POIs like Market or Cage or Hillside. And so what is the negativity about Kings? And the thing that I come back to is maybe it's just a, a dislike for the building types. Yeah. Like you don't like the wooden two-story buildings that have a ton of cracks in them that people can just melt you uh, from any angle. I don't know. Are there any other things that you've thought about this, the reaction to Yeah, games? and it's interesting because you know, like those, a lot of the changes they made, the rotations, the changes of power positions really were to kind of shore mm-hmm. up some of those you know, third-party uh, concerns, which is the big yeah. thing on King's Canyon historically. And I think it's a bit better, but it's almost been different in terms of how I've been dying or thirded. And I almost push it onto the ranked uh, or onto the ring changes where I feel yeah. like cool you fixed all these rotations you made it easier to rotate but now in smaller rings earlier in the game more teams are alive so I'm getting into multi-team fights more often than before which is a frustrating form of death you know it's not as bad as just the, the classic third party but when there are three, four teams in the area, everyone's kind of trading shots. Someone's going to get the short end of the stick where they get shot by multiple teams and die. Had that happen a handful of times. And it's almost like, oh my gosh, you got like you guys did it. You you made some King's Canyon changes that were great and really short up so many things. And then you pushed everybody into the smaller area quicker with the ring changes, which almost counteract what you did to an extent. So like Without those ring changes, I wonder what the reaction would be and how it would feel if people would be like, oh my gosh, I feel so much freer to flow through this map now because you get to really feel these rotations. Right now, you're just, you're hustling and you're running. You don't even get to appreciate kind of like what's happened, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced the same thing. Like those big team Mm -hmm. fights, ring two, ring three. I really like those. um, And I want to assume that most people like those because if you want to decrease third parties, you should make people rotate mm-hmm. earlier. And they achieve that with these ring changes, but obviously there is that price to mm-hmm. pay that you're going to have more teams later on fighting for less mm-hmm. space. So you kind of either have to accept that or not ask for any changes. If you don't like either of those options, then my response would be you need to explore new parts of 100%. the map because I think that Kings Canyon is large enough to sustain 60 players. But if people are just landing too contested, they're staying at the main POIs in the center of the map, you're going to run into a ton of team fights. But if you're exploring the north side of the map, you're exploring Basin, I think you're going to have a more enjoyable time. But the ring changes definitely elevate uh, this whole yeah. discussion. And we, we have a lot of good tips coming on Saturday. It's just so interesting because it really is this whole thing of like, 
Attention, I would love to hear people's thoughts on how they kind of feel about these big team fights, if that's like the direction people like to to move in generally. Because it's just so interesting that I think because you made two changes at the same time, we can't fully figure out like where we wanted to, like where we would be, if that makes sense. And they're notorious They are for notorious that. for they're that, notorious which is funny. For doing two major things. You and I, were such like big A-B testers that this is just like absolutely mm-hmm. killing for us. So... Yeah, that's kind of the fun thing. Overall, though, good season. Like we always talk about, kind of like the the good, like the kind of the negative stuff, because that's what people are talking about generally. And I think overall, though, we're enjoying ourselves. Um, next piece of news, though, here was a fun one. Uh, Respawn, Respawn accidentally pushed out a change to tap strafing in game uh, last weekend, which was pretty hilarious. It has been since patched and fixed. It cost a huge uproar in the mouse and keyboard versus controller on social media were you able to kind of be online during that time see people's reactions and stuff do you have any thoughts you'd like to share um yeah i i did pick up on this uh saw some activity on twitter i don't know as a controller pc player you know i think we've both said our piece on the subject we have i hey i just wanted to put it on here because i wanted to give credit to a few pros, uh, specifically Sweet okay. was the one that I saw who kind of said, oh, so this is what it feels like when you have people kind of like commenting on your input and like advocating for changes and stuff. Like, oh, it kind of sucks to be on this side of things. It wasn't a lot of people that had that perspective, but maybe it was an eye-opener for a few people, which was nice. Um, yeah. The other kind of big piece of news that got social media going uh, this past week a viral video went live from a creator kind of ranting about pro players and complaining them complaining about the game and calling for Respawn to stop catering the way they change and balance the game to the pros. Uh, this, this was big. I mean, plenty of responses to this from pros taking the Twitter, casuals in the comments, uh, creators of all sizes uh, kind of taking, sharing their opinion as well. Uh, and a good comment as well came from our guy Nicewig, who we've you know loved for a long time, who kind of I think tried to find that middle ground and saying like, yeah, you know, there's some truth to this. The extreme point of view that's kind of going viral is you know that's not true either. Truth is somewhere in the middle as always. And I think obviously that's kind of how we think the game should be balanced. You figure out how you can cater to both pros and creators. Uh, I do want to have a little comment. Nicewigs had a fix to this problem, was stating that every ranked tier should have different rules. And as you climb further and get further into the game, it gets harder and matches closer to what the pros want at higher levels. Uh, he was the first to say that that won't ever happen and it's not worth fighting over stuff like this. I thought that was a really interesting kind of comment in terms of his perspective on like, this is what I would kind of like to see in an ideal world, which almost feels like you're trying too hard to cater to everyone and it'll just crash and burn, in my opinion. What do you think, though? Well, it's an insane perspective yeah. because the truth is we already have that, you know, entry costs yeah. go up as it gets higher into the rank so it does get harder to to win games with the matchmaking but also to gain points based off of the point system but what it seems like wig is getting at here is fundamental changes to the mm-hmm. rules like changing the weapon yeah. pool changing how powerful a specific legend is changing like what rings you get that is pretty outrageous mm-hmm. i think and 
probably shouldn't happen and definitely won't happen. It's just an interesting debate, man, through and through. I think we've talked about it a ton. We've talked about it with developers even as well, but it's such a fascinating conversation when you talk about the balance game for pros or casuals. We've kind of always settled on it's pretty easy. The casuals support the game from the ground up in terms of not just playing and driving money and revenue to the game. They're the ones watching these creators as well and you know, kind of driving them uh, to keep growing. So I think a lot of thought needs to be put into what affects the casuals. I think obviously if you can do stuff for the pros as well, that's great. Um, it was interesting to see some of the pros kind of say like, the game isn't balanced for us or anything. And I think you and I had a little laugh about that, kind of talking about some of the stuff that's been changed that seems pretty catered to the pro scene as of late. You're welcome to go into details if you want. I know we kind of like made a little bit of a list in case someone wanted to come at yeah. us uh, after this. Well, but uh, it was just interesting to get everybody's you know, really unfiltered opinions in the moment of really passionate thoughts. What is important to keep in mind is that for the first year and a half of Apex, the game appeared to be balanced not even for the casual player, but for the brand new player. Mm -hmm. Like Player retention was one of the most important statistics on the developer side because that was you know, the factor that compounded into skin sales, yep. battle pass sales, and all that. So when a legend or a weapon came in, it was all about how did that change impact player retention or play hours using a weapon or a legend? Mm -hmm. um, now we know that there is a massive emphasis on professional players working directly with developers on the ranked situation, having lead developers talk about how important esports is to the long-term plan for Apex. They even but said also they wanted ranked to mirror what the pro scene is like the high levels of rank should exactly. be grassroots like that is a quote from the game designers like it's as direct as it gets you know once you get to that yeah, extent that translates exactly <laughs> to professional apex dictates the balance and the changes that yeah. we make um and then you just look back into the near past and see you know kraber changes arcstar changes uh self-revive changes those are blatantly in favor of professional apex and counter what any casual player would want you know the highs of all three of those outweigh any of the negative impact to somebody who only plays occasionally definitely not for money hardly ever ranked mm -hmm. um so it's definitely clear to me that the game is being balanced probably primarily for professionals should it be at this point in the game's lifetime, I do think it's appropriate, but to deny that is pretty outrageous yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And I think you and I are both on that same frame. Like we we like kind of the balance for the pros, generally speaking. And it's yeah. cool that the game is willing to go that way because we thought for a long time that was never going to be the case. The game was always going to be like you were saying, catered to the the player retention, the day one people uh, joining for the first time and. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool experience to see the people we value their opinions of because they're so dang good at the game get to influence the game that we play on a daily basis. And, you know, generally, I think as we've also gotten better and climbed into higher levels of ranked, 
those changes kind of have affected us more than they did in the past when we first started the podcast as well. So it's like we are experiencing the high levels of ranked legend meta when we get up there and stuff and like what the weapon meta is. And so it's, you know, we have have some skin in the game now, which is kind of fun, unlike uh, previously. Any other thoughts on this topic overall, though? No, I think the takeaway is we are at a we are at a point in Apex where the competitive integrity is a principal objective for the developers. And that impacts kind of high skill ceiling elements, that impacts map changes, but it also may explain a lack of changes because professional players like stability. You don't want to be changing up the meta. Uh, you know, every season in order to really appeal to the mm-hmm. pros. So I think if you have questions about why something is the way it is in Apex, it's pretty likely that it's for competitive integrity of the game long term. Well, guess what? It's working because next piece of news, Apex Legends hit an all-time high player count on Steam. After the season 14 launch, they peaked over 500,000 players at 510,286 the first time ever and pretty crazy i think it's a fair assumption to say that uh, no apex august uh, flopped pretty hard uh, from what they were hoping to maybe influence on the new season you said it first you said it was a bad time, time to try and make a stand and have people not play the game if that's where you wanted to go uh, you're fighting i thought freaking i don't know what you're fighting something really difficult <laughs> Yeah, it's. I felt like it was silly for two reasons. The the new content uh, was right around the corner, but it was also just silly to me that now is the time we need to riot. Mm-hmm. The game isn't in the very bad state to be rioting. You know, we're we're doing pretty good. So happy to see the success of Apex popularity, um, despite a pretty unique legend. Yeah. A sniper is definitely not everybody's favorite weapon, uh, and to build a legend around that. Um, and have it be successful is amazing. And then also to return to Kings and see a record high amount of players um, is really, really great. Totally. Because you think about a future season where maybe you don't have those two handicaps and Apex is going to continue yep. to grow. Last piece of news, Battle Pass Skin Secret was kind of revealed recently, which is a really cool piece of news uh, coming from Elle Newlands, the voice actress for Horizon. Shout out to Elle. She came on the show and we interviewed her. But in the Battle Pass, the skin Anya's armor was actually confirmed to be made in honor of Elle's 20-year-old cat who uh, passed away recently, which is always sad to hear. But I just, this was such like a, it gave me like that, those feels for a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, like whoever, like, I think it was Tim, Vancouver Tim is the Twitter Mm -hmm. at who was kind of behind this. Such a great thing to kind of see in gaming, Uh, you know, let gaming continue to bring people together and bring the vibes high. So I I love this. It was so cool to see. It's so cool. And it just definitely reinforces how impactful being a voice actor in a game like Apex can be on your life and your career. Like it's pretty cool to see that, you know, you do this one gig as a voice actor for a character in a video game player base really takes to that character. And then they're involved in kind of your family life with your pets and everything. Mm -hmm. And now that's being shared to millions of players um, around the world. So pretty cool what gaming can achieve and how big voice acting can be yeah. as well. Um, 
pretty cool. Before I answer some questions, though, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome back. We got some five-star questions to hit today. First one coming from Thank You. Hey, guys, pretty short question. Do you think Valk's nerf is too much? We didn't talk about it at the top of the show. You know, one weekend. Yeah. How are you feeling on, on the Valk changes? I don't think it's too much um, in terms of how necessary it was. I think it was appropriate to tweak her um, at this point. Um, I still think you can play her at high mm-hmm. levels. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I think because she's, she's so interesting. It's almost like it has a little bit of the horizon reminder of being so powerful, getting hit so aggressively. Now they're kind of like winding yeah. up in the same spot generally in terms of pick rate. Horizon is still really popular in high-level play, and you know, I think Valk will still continue to be really popular in high-level play. Um, you know, I've played her a good amount still. It's not like she's unplayable or anything. She's still good and gets the job done at what she is. You know, sometimes people are just too good at those things. Uh, yeah, she was kind of in that category. Next five-star question coming from Arca Knight One Thousand. Hey guys, love the podcast. I'm a new listener and you guys are the best to find out news and for entertainment and the subject of Apex. Would love to hear any ideas you guys have on a new Pathfinder passive or rework and how you would rate his heirloom on aesthetics and animations. Thanks for all you do. Oh man, do we want to give a sneak peek into the Patreon bonus episode here where we did a little talk about uh pathfinder if you want to share any of the ideas i was teeing that one up for you or we can keep it to the patrons only (laughs) um i don't really have a whole lot that i would like to share from that i think the in terms of pathfinders passive he's in a really good spot he's a popular powerful legend that is incredibly fun to play in terms of this question we've talked about it at length for years now uh, i appreciate new listeners uh getting involved um but this has been something that we've just been bombarded with forever mm-hmm. and the reason is lifeline was given so much attention um for losing her unique medic role when legends like mirage and gibraltar kind of gained abilities in the same space um and Pathfinder, his passive was given to an entire class of yeah. legends. But even so, he's still one of the most popular legends in the game. So the demand for something unique is definitely less mm-hmm. than maybe it was for Lifeline. Unfortunately, there's higher priority changes to be made for Pathfinder. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's still a fun, playable legend. Um, the heirloom. Here's my thing with the heirloom. And I know you and I kind of like disagree a little bit on this one. I think it's too bad that, you know, the people that say they have Pathfinder's heirloom and like say that the the gloves block the screen, that he's kind of like the only uh, heirloom that wasn't run in pro play because there was an actual, while minor, there was still an actual impact on the screen. Because I love the concept. The boxing gloves are so cool. The animations, the melees are so cool. The lore is one of my favorite behind the heirlooms. Um, I still think it's kind of interesting that that's never kind of been addressed. That you know the pros actually don't use this a lot of the time because of the visibility on the screen. Which isn't major. It's just weird that that's actually a thing still. Yeah, I don't. I'm not swayed by that. 
perspective at all. I think that it's a pretty cool looking heirloom in terms of aesthetics. It matches his personality in a great way. There are now more and more large heirlooms that definitely will block some of the screen. Um, unfortunately, in terms of animation or inspects, it just is not yeah. there um, compared to more recent heirlooms. I do really like how it looks, though, if you want to talk to the animation on the mm-hmm. gloves. I think that's pretty cool um, how it matches his chest animation. And yeah, I, I personally wouldn't change it if I yeah, had to. I think, it's, I think it's pretty good. I would love to like update all the older uh, heirlooms with new animations. That's like the only thing I would kind of do if there was something. Uh, but yeah, the boxing gloves are still cool. And like I said, one of my favorite lore-based heirlooms for sure. Uh, next question coming from, oh gosh, five star. Yudi here. Great podcast. I really enjoy listening. I just want to know what range weapons would you guys recommend for Lifeline? I know what Henry's going to say. When anyone asks for a weapon wow. recommendation anytime yeah. now for the rest of the our Apex careers. <laughs> G7's <laughs> gonna be a good weapon, uh, have to say. Um, you know, range weapons. It is extremely difficult to not recommend the charge rifle uh right now. It is so, so good. Now the kind of the bow is out uh into the care package. The triple take is not where it once was in terms of the choke rate um, and really the damage per second. Um, the G7 is such a good option. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be going uh, into it more in a future episode. But I think snipers are all really good. The hard thing about recommending something specifically for Lifeline is she lacks mobility, so you do want to stay at range. You're correct. However, her entire abilities the passive and the tactical is all about being really close defending someone that you're Mm -hmm. reviving so having maybe a ranged weapon that can be flexible at close range like maybe a g7 maybe a longbow um it's probably going to be your best bet if you want to fit into that but it's a really good question because she's hard to to figure out a ideal loadout i don't think there's just yeah. one she's, she's versatile because of like what you said where she is used up close still uh as well so i think yeah g7 yeah. you know plus a volt or an smg or something is a pretty versatile class for a lot of legends and it, it fits her quite well but yeah because of that up close thing you can make argument from shotgun to sniper with her being support so she's pretty open so kind of play with attachments you get and uh what you're most comfortable using Next question coming from Discord, in for questioning. Quick question, do you believe that you are the best provider of information to the Apex player base? If so, what, from your perspective, puts your content above others? Personally, and I've always said this, and will say this till the day I die, you guys are the best provider of information, whether it be tips, leaks, buffs, nerfs, you name it, you guys have it all, and you nail it every time. I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate the kind words a ton. I mean, straight up, do you think you're the best provider of information? Uh, Not really. Like, I think if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're listening for Henry and I's opinion in long form. And that's not for everyone at all. That's not for most people, generally speaking, as well. Um, You know, if you just want to get the information behind what's happening in the game, Apex Legends News is great. 
We follow them. We got tweet notifications on. Mm-hmm. We're not super timely is something I know you've talked about before where it's like, we're consistent. You're going to hear our thoughts every Wednesday and Saturday. Um, but we're not going to, you know, some change happens on Friday for some reason. You know, you're not hearing that until next week because of how we record and stuff. So I'm happy and proud of our content. I think we make great content for the people who are looking for long form audio, but I know that is not for everybody. Yeah, I agree. I think this question is from our first ever patron. So long, long time supporter. Ooh. Been listening to the show for years and years now. Definitely appreciate the love. Um, I agree though. I think our media limits us from being the best at something. But if you really, <coughs> excuse me, if you love Apex, you are going to get the most in-depth content here with us. Like It's very difficult to go more in-depth than what we do in terms of mastering a legend or going really crazy into the numbers for weapons. And that's really where I think we stand apart and maybe puts us above others in a specific way. If you want the in-depth knowledge, I think we're definitely up there for sure. I'll put our... uh our weapons stuff up to anybody else because uh, mm-hmm. you don't get those numbers everywhere that Henry's willing to go track down for you guys. Um, last question though, come from discord duck savage. I don't have Apple music, but five stars. Would y'all want an object based search and destroy? If so, would it be necessary to lock characters like Watson and caustic or could we balance this with an impact grenade that just destroys traps? No damage. Sorry for the long question. No need to apologize for long questions ever, guys. Uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know what a really long question is. We, you know, once you get into that like six hundred word mark, we start to sweat a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. What do you think, though? Um, love objective-based mm-hmm. game modes. Um, search and destroy for a game like this, where you have so many abilities, would get difficult just because search and destroy. One life, high stakes. Um, It's all about kind of sneaking around. And with all the scan abilities, with the deployable cover, the damage dealing abilities, it would be hard to make it competitive and fun. What I would more like within the Apex universe is a PvE where you kind of had waves of Mm -hmm. enemies and you could defend an objective, um, a lot like the mode in Titanfall 2, where you kind of just had to defend a battery or a generator and you'd get various types of enemies coming at you. I think using the abilities and the movement and the weapons of Apex in that context would be pretty cool. And you could do it in a destroy, defend uh, kind of context, but that's what I would go for. Uh, I like search and destroy. I love objective-based stuff like that. I think it'd be great to have an Apex. I I think you kind of covered it, but like the abilities do do make it weird. I'm not against just like locking abilities though, and just playing it for the guns in the game and the movement in the game, sure. um, and like or like really simplifying it to like class abilities or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not against it, but I definitely think you know if you go full fledged and you go arenas with it, where everybody's got their abilities and how do you balance passives versus ultimates, it, it'll get really complicated and i'm sure it's one of the reasons why we don't have a mode like that uh in the game right now (laughs) yeah i'll i'll add on the impact grenade i would definitely not want an ability like that i think you have a lot of conflict against 
crypto's EMP in terms of just abilities being useful mm-hmm. in the game. But also, if you want to create a grenade that destroys a caustic barrel, how far does yeah. that go? Is that Watson Fences? Is that Gibraltar Bubbles? Is that Newcastle? Mm-hmm. Uh, Castle Walls? Um, gets pretty crazy when you start to counter legends that are setting up and you can just instantly destroy it. Definitely not how the game is balanced. So it would rock a lot of legends. And we've heard from the developers that they don't want to create a mode where some legends are mm-hmm. irrelevant. So I feel like it's pretty It's been unlikely. echoed since it came out, but it's why they haven't redone solos, which was you know a mode people yep. loved, and it's because of that. So fun episode overall. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you to our producer, The Third Party 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, serve a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. See you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>